Hey Vertical, today on Get Vertical God Police, you'll be joining me and Pastor John as we dive deeper into the Tradition Sermon Series. This week we chat about transformation, not tradition, and how holding too tightly to a tradition can be dangerous to our spiritual walk. Traditions aren't evil or bad in and of themselves, but they can get in the way of glorifying Christ and furthering the gospel message. Hey guys, we're back on the podcast again. You guys, get get on board with me. What are you doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was doing the countdown. Okay, well, we're here. We're all here and ready. <laughs> Brooke. Yes. Why is it, what's that on the table over there? Did you spill some coffee? Mm. Why, is there, why is there coffee on the table, Brooke? Because we drink coffee here. Because <laughs> there's coffee in the cup. Oh, but don't. Shh. Got mm. it. Got it. Sometimes we think that we have uh, coffee spilled out because someone made me spill the coffee. But Mm -hmm. the reason why there's coffee on the table, not water, is because there was coffee in the cup. And today we are talking about that very thing, Mm -hmm. the condition of the heart. Yeah, that's what spills out. Whatever's in there is what spills out. That's true. You know, that's something that I've actually been kind of working on lately is... Um, you know, when someone bumps into me, I want what spills out to be, um, pleasing, to be Christ-like, to be something that is honoring to him. You know, when I bump into people, am I automatically going to bitterness? You know, people can lead you, like people lead you into these conversations. We're like, so are you unhappy about this or what's happening with that? And if my heart isn't set, on the Lord and what he's doing in my life, then I can spill out some things that aren't as nice, but I want to spill out things that honor God. Well, isn't uh, worry really at the, at the foundation of worry? Isn't pride at, at, at the core of worry? Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel if I do spill out yuck. Like yeah. I'm like, that's about me. It was yeah. about the Lord. Oh, I mean, worry is just a, I can't trust. Or, you know, if mm-hmm. you have anger, at, at the core of anger is, you know, I'm at the center. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if you have anger pouring out your cup, it's because you have anger anger issues in your heart. What about disappointment? I think that's one that, you know, it's... It, Unmet expectations. Yeah, yeah. Same thing, right? Like, it's just yucky because we aren't trusting the Lord. Like, He has greater purposes. But instead, we want to focus on the disappointment or, um, yeah, so I, this has really been challenging for me. We're in this transformation, not tradition, and um, really we're talking today about just your condition of your heart and what's spilling out whenever you're pressed upon. So one thing I want to ask you, um, can you think of a time, like a specific time, that God has pressed on your heart and uh, you were maybe surprised at what came out? Well, I'm always amazed uh, when my heart gets pressured or spilled, you know, whether it's driving in a car. Um, I think during this sermon series, I gave an illustration of on the way taking the kids to school and this lady was driving like five miles an hour under the speed limit or maybe mm-hmm. 10. And it was just, apt, and I just had to <laughs> catch myself and say, nope, nope, I'm going to be patient today. Uh-huh. And um, so, you know, my heart has been tested. You know, it's easy for me to go to talk about my heart being tested either at a funeral or the church plant or even stepping out in the ministry. But I think my heart really was tested at a very young age. Um, and, and I think that those tests would build over the years. But one of the things I think that the Lord really tests me at uh, was in high school. And I had to make the decision 
was I going to follow him or was I going to follow uh, that which was so prevalent in, um, in the social aspects of the mm-hmm. school? And um, always being marked as a Christian, I, I was called a preacher boy at a very young age, which uh-huh. always was interesting to me. I, I don't really know why I wasn't, uh, I never told anyone that I was going to be a preacher, but there were times in like fifth grade, I think, when preacher boy, and I had to just be okay and accept Mm-hmm. that um, I was following Christ at a young age and not this world. But I think the thing that I like to bring up all the time is in business. You know, um, while you get stretched, you know, are you always like, well, if I paid you cash, could yeah. I get the taxes <laughs> knocked off? Uh-huh. That's still a hard issue because at, at the center of your heart, you're not trusting the Lord to to handle your finances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one thing I would say here recently I've been really stretched by, Brooke, to be honest with you, is the Sabbath. Mm. And uh, I've been really trying hard to honor um, Mondays as my personal mm-hmm. Sabbath and taking a day of rest. And so that's been really hard for me because, you know, honestly, uh, I would work six days a week at the carpet store. And then Sunday I was a youth pastor and I would teach. And um, for many years of my life, I, I feel like I wasn't honoring the Lord by taking a Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just worked a lot of hours. And uh, I was a full-time student, uh, ran the flooring store, Malahin Carpet, um, was a youth pastor. And, you know, over the years, you just get in that pattern uh, that, that uh, isn't of rest and isn't of, of centering your whole week around the Lord. And so um, that's something that I think that the Lord's really been challenging my heart is uh, do you really trust that God created you for six days of work and one for rest? Right. You know, um, in this, seeing what spills out or what comes out whenever you're pressed or pushed, like there's also times where I think you could probably say you've been successful because, um, and do you count that as a win? Because there are times where, you know, um, you could say, wow, look, yes, God is doing something. I have been, there would have been a time where that would have pressed on me and I would have spilled out probably not things that honor the Lord. But right now I did it and look, I'm growing. We need that to evaluate ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's good to have these moments where God presses on our hearts to see where we are to measure um, what's going to come out of us in this transformation process. Like that's growth, which is so good to see. I mean, that's right. And I even have written down that offense is actually for me, not for God. Well, the scripture that I think that is so clear that describes exactly what you're saying is Deuteronomy 8.2. It says, you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years. Okay, we get that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think most Christians believe that scripture that God's leading me in my journey. But the ne- next part of the passage is <laughs> pretty, um, pretty difficult to hear, honestly. It says that he might humble you. Mm. testing you to know what was in your heart and what <laughs> where God was leading them, whether yeah. it was through a country that wouldn't let them pass or whether it was to a point where they had no water or food or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was all a te- God knew and directed their steps. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the heart, um, God's leading you to, because diff- he's wanting to mold, he's leading you to difficult seasons, difficult mission. Right. Um, you know, there was this time when I was a child that, uh, that uh, you know, I was so mad at my brother. And, you know, I, I don't remember. I was trying to swing at him, trying to fight him. He was four years older than me, so that was just detrimental. But he took my head and put it under a faucet of cold water and said, you just stay here until you cool off. And, you know, that wasn't going to happen. You know, I'm sure steam was coming off my head. 
But it was just this sense that, you know, I had to be molded that, that Josh was a lot bigger and stronger and there's no mm-hmm. way that I could fight him and that was going to work. So same way with God, you're not going to win a fight against God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the best thing to do is humble yourself and right. submit yourself to yeah. him. What about like a newer Christian or someone new to the faith? I mean, you, you can have people beside you saying, because usually once you've committed your life, like you may go into a little bit of some hard, maybe even wilderness, maybe desert times. Mm-hmm. You may face trials. And so then your friends, your old friends are going to say, well, I thought you committed your life to Christ. Like, isn't, you know, shouldn't things be easier for you? And so I, I talk a little bit about that. Well, I, I think that you would agree, Brooke, that uh, the Christian life is, uh, I don't know anything about it that's easier than right. my old, you know, life before Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I think that as uh, a baby Christian, you got to understand that God will take us through stretching parts because he's preparing us mm-hmm. and uh, he's molding us into his image. Right. So, um, you know, sometimes I think that when these, God allows these frustrations or immaturities to arise, I think it's maybe showing us um, the difference in between who he is and who we are. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, he has the promised land for us, right? Just this Deuteronomy we're talking about. I mean, they're in the wilderness. Yes. God's not surprised by your placement, though, or the position that he has you in on this process of getting to your purpose of the promised land. So um, and we've, we've taught we see throughout the Bible, like 40 years you know, um, we there's very few things that we see in the Old Testament that happened apart from probably 10 years. I mean, you know, it's interesting to think of the time that we want to live in, of the quickness, the turnover, the like right now things need to get better. Well, maybe God has you in a place that he's working out some purposes in you, getting you in a position where you're ready for the promised land. And sometimes that takes a long time. <laughs> well, I I think that um, I think that we have to come back to this idea that we are spiritual, mm-hmm. and anytime that we try to put fleshly answers to a spiritual problem, it, <laughs> we're never going to get too far, or, or we're we're not going to make any progress at all. Um, I, I think I think what you have to understand is that at the core of who you are, uh, it is not how you look, uh, it's not what you do. God concerned is how you work, why you work, mm. uh, and then um, then what is your work. Right. And so I think that what is essential, if you're looking at the promised land, is uh, they thought it was spiritual needs, the water, the food, the enemy. And God's like, wait, wait, wait. At the end of it all is do you have trust and faith in me? And, and, and when you come to a problem, how quickly are you to seek me out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, God's trying to create in us his nature and to uh, impart those things to us that yes it's his presence but it's also through a process of us um, getting familiar with his ways and allowing the intentions of our heart the attitudes of our heart um, to really align with him and we can only get there by practicing so he's uh, obviously going to press us in ways to see what's going to come out I mean, that's the process of pressing on our hearts. We, we need to see what's going to come out when I put Brooke in this situation. Is she going to be humble here? Yeah. Um, or is this pride going to rise up in her? Is she going to be angry here or is she going to be patient? Have you, ever, um, have you ever went in through a trial and thought, thank you, Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> and doesn't the word of God say, count it all joy when you face trials of mm-hmm. many kinds? And 
you know, I think that we are so quick to say, God, get me out of here. And we're so slow to say, God, would you just teach me and, and, right. and, and lead me? Because, you know, I think we're also so selfish in our trials because we think our trials about us, but wonder if our trials, they're not about us. Right. Wonder if they're about other people watching our life or what about they're about just showing God in the midst of suffering. Wonder if our trial um, is less about, I, I heard a uh, really good illustration one time, uh, a general, <clears throat> when he asks a private in the army to go get a wheelbarrow, the private doesn't say, why me? <laughs> yeah. The private says, okay. Right. So often as Christians, when God asks something for us or from us, we typically say, why God, why is mm-hmm. this happening to me? Uh, and I think it's, it's really good for us to understand that we are tools in the hands of the master. We are his workmanship created for good works. And if we have a traditional, if we have a, a, a maintenance style of Christianity, we're going to really miss the beauty of walking forward with his promises, with his character, with his beauty. And when we go to times of suffering, we're not going to be able to walk forward in those seasons. Yeah. So our hearts really have to be molded to, to God's um, redeeming power, but also his, his, his um, workmanship so that my heart is able to do that which he has called me to do. Right. And really, this can even be part of his mercy. I want to read Ephesians 2, um, starting in 3. We, too, all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages, he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. You know, it's his kindness. Sometimes trials are kind. Repentance, it's his kindness. Your kindness, Lord, is what leads us to repentance. So you're saying it's kindness to reveal that there's coffee on the table? Yeah. There's kindness kindness that God reveals that we have animosity uh, through our speech or, you know, we're impatient that comes out because it's it's showing us that we can be free from the sin, but only in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. What a scripture. Yeah. We can now boast in him. You know, it's the rich mercy of the Lord in our lives that we boast in. And um, if we're so caught up in um, you know, the process, not the transformation that's happening or the things that are coming against us, you know. But instead, if we focus on the author and perfecter of our faith, right, he's doing a work in us. Um, he's going to put some things and press on some places. And it's not going to be fun places, right? I mean, we already know it's going to come out of those things. But he wants to see you in these trials. He wants to see you refined and growing. Well, we have a mutual friend, uh, Brooke, that lives in Columbus that uh, had some a severe cancer, yeah, uh, throat cancer. And, you know, he was telling me one day that he was getting ready to take some treatment. And um, he was sharing the gospel. Now, this guy was uh, very sick. And, uh, in fact, a suicide rate for mm. uh, this type of cancer is very high. And uh, he's sitting there in that chair, and he shared the gospel. Did you know that mm-hmm. that next Sunday that that other person came to came to church mm-hmm. that Sunday? Yeah. 
and what amazes me about that is he didn't he wasn't groveling he wasn't like uh he, he was still missional in the mm-hmm. midst of his suffering and and the guy this is probably i don't know eight years later yeah and he's healed of his cancer but yeah. in that season he was sharing the gospel he was proclaiming the fame of the name of jesus mm-hmm. and what spilled out is at opportune times he was inviting people to church and mm-hmm. that is what we're talking about that the kindness of god which leads us to repentance mm-hmm. why because it's breaking the chains and the bondage of sin mm-hmm. and uh in this case greg just found great joy in yes. sharing the beauty and the majesty of jesus in the midst of you know of of very uh, a severe form of cancer and uh, i just love that story mm-hmm. that that he could have you know why god but he mm-hmm. didn't he's like oh no i'm going to take the opportunity time to share the gospel right i think a great way to describe that is that we don't let a trial define us, but we let our transformation and trust in the Lord define us. Yeah, define our trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, thanks for listening. This has uh, been such an interesting conversation, and our hearts often do uh, spill out. And so let us make sure that we're taking our sin, taking our joy, taking our pleasures to the Lord, and filtering them through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to free us from Uh, that which so wants to bind us and still kill and destroy. But let's find life and freedom in that which Jesus came to do. And that's through the cross, through the death, burial, and resurrection, and the life that Jesus lived and gives. So Vertical, let's go at it. Let's let God refine our hearts. Thanks for listening to Get Vertical Gal Police. Now we want you to join the conversation. Is God transforming your life through his word? We would love to hear about it. Message us at info at verticalgalpolice.org and find us on social media by searching Vertical Church Gal Police. Join the conversation. You are loved.